0: The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and org. Mike Gibson coming to you virtually from TCT 2020, and I'm joined by my colleague, Giorgios Lakoyanis. Welcome, Giorgio. Hello, Mike. Well, uh, you know, I'm very excited about what you're gonna talk about. You know, with uh, Prasigrel back when we first conducted the Triton trial, uh, we found that Prasigrel was superior to Clopidogrel largely because what I call the three Ps, is more potent, It's more prompt and more predictable uh, in its PK than clopidogrel. You did a study where you crushed prasogrel and uh, to make it even more prompt uh, than swallowing it. And that was the CRUSH trial. Talk to us a little bit about it. I mean, getting the drug on board as quickly as possible and achieving high levels of a drug in the setting of STEMI is absolutely critical. So seems like a great idea. What did you find?
1: So thank you, Mike. Uh, indeed. So the um, the reason for this study was, as you said, to have the to to see the maximum effect of all antiplatelet therapy with prasugrel. As we know, this is delayed in STEMI patients, and by crushing the tablets, it has been shown to um, get the best pharmacodynamic profile out of this, uh, tablets. Uh, on the other side here in the Netherlands, we use a pre-treatment scheme in the ambulance. So we gave also this medication at the earliest possible time point.
0: Um, yeah, just to kind of underscore that, George, you know, in STEMI, um, you ha- have a lot of people getting, uh, narcotic analgesia and that delays transit uh, into the stomach and, uh, You also have some edema possibly in the liver. You know, Prasgryl does require some metabolism, just like uh, clopidogrel. So a lot of things working against it to get it acting quickly.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, with all P2Y12 inhibitors and even with the potent ones, it is an uphill battle, right, in the acute phase of STEMI. Um, So we were optimistic because of this impressive uh, pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic data to uh, achieve even maybe better uh, reperfusion, early reperfusion, uh, in STEMI patients. These were our primary endpoints, TIMI3 flow at first angiography, and ST segment resolution at uh, one hour after PCI. Um, we had secondary endpoints, we looked obviously at platelet reactivity at clinical outcomes, and we had the safety endpoint bleeding at forty eight hours timmy major or bark three to five. So we did not see any difference regarding the primary endpoint. However, we saw that crushed tablets work; they work good, but not good enough. It seems we had at prim- at uh, the beginning of PCI a uh, significant reduction in platelet reactivity by one-third. Mm. 62 patients of, of, um, uh, who were uh, treated with the integral tablets had high platelet reactivity. This was defined as PRU over 208. And this was reduced by crushing to 43%. So by one-third. However, this did not have influence to the primary endpoint.
0: So let me ask you, Georgios, You know, um, did you have enough patients to look at other outcomes like uh, stent thrombosis? You know, Giulio uh, Montelasco in his study, a similar study but with ticagrelor pre-treatment, uh, saw something similar, but did see a reduction in stent thrombosis. Any hints of that in this study?
1: We didn't. We didn't see uh, any uh, signal towards reduced stent thrombosis, but we have to clearly say that. Our study was not powered for this. Okay. We had similar stenthrombose rates, yes.
0: You know, I have to say, looking back, backwards, uh, gosh, a couple decades ago, frankly, uh, when we combined or added in versus placebo, and in a large number of patients, 2,800 patients, looked at ST segment resolution early on, we didn't see any improvement, so, you know, this is kind of really three strikes against the thienopyridines for an early effect. What we did see in clarity is a reduction in reocclusion. Mm-hmm. We saw a geo study a reduction in stent thrombosis. It seems as though these drugs are what you might expect. I mean, they block platelet activation and they tend to block reocclusion, rethrombosis, but you know, it doesn't look like they're doing a whole lot, as best we can see for disaggregating existing plot. And, um, you know, it's an interesting distinction versus the 2 B 3 inhibitors, which do disaggregate and break apart those existing plots.
1: Yeah, I am absolutely uh, agree with uh, what you said. It's, uh, it was a very high bar, um, this endpoint, absolutely. On the other, set, other side, if we go back to the Atlantic trial, which you uh, just mentioned, we have, uh, um, obviously, the Atlantic trial, the primary uh, endpoints were pre-PCI, both ST resolution and t three flow. But if we look at, in the Atlantic trial at ST resolution at one hour, we see a borderline P-value of 0.05. And once you exclude the patients who received morphine, you have a uh. significance. So uh-huh. this this actually gave us a base to believe that at least the ST resolution endpoint, point we had a good shot at it,
0: and that's one hour after uh, the PCI. Exactly. You know? So again, after the procedure, starting to starting to see some benefits. You know, that's fascinating. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not. <clears throat> you know, I'm so disappointed these days when I look at the. ST segments, and I look at the fellow and I say, why do you think the person's ST segments are still up? They say, oh, <clears throat> the stent is undersized. And I just shake my head. You know, it's really <laughs> microthrombosis in uh, downstream embolization. And okay. um, not all the clot, not all the clot is in the artery. A lot of it has moved down into the microvasculature. So, you know, it's interesting. Perhaps we are inhibiting some of that microvascular thrombosis with this more, even more, prompt uh, impotent inhibition, as you did here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, this uh, study adds to to other studies that it seems that we can't get the job done. We can't bridge the gap with all antiplatelets in the acute phase of STEMI, and that we have to look for alternatives. And this next step seems to be parenteral. We're going to go back, I guess, uh, to glycoprotein inhibitors now a subcutaneous one is going to come uh, in a phase three trial, Selatogrel, Um This is going to be also interesting to see how to apply this. So we're moving, I guess, uh, back to Parentel and uh, we're going to see uh, what this is going to bring.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm a little more optimistic about uh, the potential for the 2b3 inhibitors uh, upstream given subcutaneously. We saw good results uh, or intravenous upstream use uh, in a time-dependent disaggregation of life. I'm not optimistic about uh, Salatogro in the P2Y12s upstream. It just doesn't seem like uh, upstream therapy with that class of drugs is really gonna do much. Well, Georgios, congratulations on a great study, very well-conducted, very important question. I'm very excited to hear the twist you talked about there at the end about morphine. It really does underscore the importance of considering a more aggressive parenteral approach when you've given someone analgesics. By the way, in the label, in the FDA label for every one of these drugs, prasperol, ticagrel, or it says if you have administered um, a parenteral analgesic, you should consider a parental antiplatelet agent. And I think this, uh, your study actually uh, cements that uh, kind of understanding. Thanks for joining us, Georgios. Thank you, Mike. And thanks to all of you for joining us here virtually from TCT 2020.